0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome to The Fader Interview. I'm Alex Robert Ross, editorial director of The Fader. Wednesday's music conjures a world where beauty and grime live side by side. A combination of squalling, reverb-heavy guitars and unorthodox outlaw country undertones. Frontwoman Carly Hartsman sings about lukewarm bathwater, hospital trips, and piss-colored bright yellow Fanta, highlighting her unusually sharp eye for detail. Chosen to Deserve, from the band's new album Rats or God, for example, is about the unguarded conversations of a couple who are past the stage of pretending they're both perfect people. Hartsman reflects on stomach pumpings, bad trips, and cul-de-sac sex as if she's ritualistically purging herself of every bad teenage memory. There's a purpose to the cringe though, as she basks in the glow of her long-term relationship with her bandmate, Jake Lenderman. It's full of romance and allergic to vanity. It's the perfect Wednesday song. In conversation with The Faders' David Renshaw last week, Hartman discussed her love of Cruddy, a graphic novel by like-minded cartoonist Linda Barry, Barry, like Hartsman, writes about an America that exists in the muddy cracks between clichés. Coming from the DIY scene in Asheville, North Carolina, the band are loyal to the South. Specifically, the marginalized communities too often dismissed in sweeping generalizations of the southern states. Wednesday's music is specific to the region it comes from, its country influence emerging from a place deep inside the band's lived experience. It's the sound of growing up with the background hum of country radio and holding out hope that your favourite punk band might someday play in a nearby city, but knowing they likely never will. These days, as Wednesday enter their sold-out tour era, they are, as Hartzman explained to David, making a point to stop in those off-the-beaten-track towns.
1: So yeah, you grew up in Greensboro and you're based in Asheville, North Carolina like you said, you're a very proud North Carolina band Wednesday. I wondered if you could tell me about growing up there and what you were like as a teenager discovering music for yourself for the first time.
2: Yeah, so kind of the only scene at the time, there was like a really cool indie rock scene like right before I was born in North Carolina with Merge Records and in like Greensboro was kind of getting the um, edges of that scene. But that was all kind of like at least in Greensboro, non-existent by the time I was in like listening to music age. Really all that was available to me was like pop punk. So I was going to a lot of shows like that. And the first band I played in was a pop punk band as well, just because that's like literally all I knew and all I had access to. And then I had a friend make me a mixtape in like late middle school, early high school that had, like, Cocteau Twins and My Bloody Valentine and Deer Hunter on it. And from, like, I remember just listening to that for the first time and being, like, my life is forever going to be motivated by the pursuit of whatever this is. And then I started (laughs) skipping school a lot and, like, listening to music and writing all day. And it kind of coincided with some really, like, bad life stuff at the time. So I feel like the music was definitely, like, my only haven And I just like was like, this is the only thing that's important in life anymore. Yeah, just really altered my course forever in that direction. And then just kept on, yeah, like digging in deeper into that. But yeah, really, as far as Greensboro goes, I was going to like pop punk house shows and like they would have pop punk shows in like churches. And that's that that was the scene. It really wasn't until I got to college that I really found anything outside of that. And the radio, I, I was listening to a lot of the radio when, when I was growing up. Wednesday started
1: as a solo project, is that right to say, but in the very early days, and then has developed into a, a band over time?
2: Yeah, I guess that's true for like the very first attempts i had at making music i just wrote a bunch of songs and had my friend daniel record them as like a school project but like that music isn't available anywhere and then my sister heard that and was like you should play my birthday party and i got a band together to play those songs and from that day on we were a band alan the drummer was at that very first show but other than that the whole band kind of changed lineup wise
1: And i know you've spoken about your songwriting developing over the years obviously it, it develops in lots of ways but one particular way is you know in the past you kind of held back and been reticent to be as honest or open as you could be chiefly through kind of your parents were worrying about their reaction i wondered if you could tell me specifically what it was you were worried about saying why you didn't want to kind of put it all out there when you knew they were going to listen
2: I think because I care about my parents a lot, obviously, um, and I knew they were doing their best when I was in high school. But I think if I wrote about that time of my life honestly, it would be apparent to a lot of people that they didn't realize what was really going on in my life. I didn't want my parents to internalize that because I think it's really normal if they just happen to have a kid who's writing about it and like publicizing some of the shit they did. Because every every kid drinks in high school and might experiment with drugs and sex and all that stuff but if you have a kid who is sharing that information with a wide audience like you might I don't know I just never wanted them to think that they didn't do like an amazing job being my parents given like the situation that they were given when I was growing up but I've talked with them about that specifically since then and they know they were great parents or else I wouldn't have been able to like I don't know my sister's a doctor too so it's like they're fine they did fine (laughs) also just yeah being being truthful with not only your parents but those close to you about like feelings of sadness is scary because I don't know it's it's like the world is your therapist at that point because everyone knows your shit it feels kind of like all my stuff about that is out there already like that's not a level someone has to reach with me personally to know about me that I have stuff going on in my life i don't know it's just all it's a it's a it's a vulnerable little place to write from and share publicly but also like that's the point so it's a interesting
1: i think that what you said about that kind of changing relationship with your parents where you've been able to talk and kind of say have have those more grown-up conversations with them feel like it ties into a bit of a, a theme of the new album which it feels to me a lot like someone who's coming out of the kind of chaos and unsure footing of your early 20s into your kind of mid later 20s where you've got a bit of hindsight and you can look back and kind of assess what happened and speak about it from a distance that you can't at the time when you're going through it Um, and I think that is something that then ties into relationships with parents which change over time and you can kind of speak more as peers than the kind of Top-down relationship that it is as a as a child. Um, Were they things that were running through your mind as you wrote the album? This kind of changing chapter of your life.
2: Yeah, for sure. The more that I, like you were saying, kind of changed my relationship with my parents, the more they're willing to share with me about my family's history and their pasts. So there's a lot of their stories on. This record, like my dad burning down a field with a model rocket and uh, his brother is the character that got a girl pregnant in high school and he gave me permission to use that story. So, yeah, they just are more willing to share the parts of themselves that uh, kind of mirror the parts of myself I'm revealing. And it makes it just helps make my life make so much more sense, (laughs) um, knowing that I have so much of them kind of reflected in me. The other relationship I'm really exploring is uh, like me and my partner, Jake, as we enter this. It's like my first version of like an adult relationship where you like really bear your soul to the person, like good and bad aspects and kind of stop caring about being cool in the game and are really just like. I guess we're in this for life so I need you to know like everything about me and if you still like me after all of that, I guess we're meant to be together type of thing. I feel like Chosen to Deserve and Formula One or both songs about that point in a relationship. Yeah, and then I guess just like the final, it's like Insects in the City when they say the, the third main, or the other main character is New York City. Like, <laughs> I feel like the other relationship I'm always like trying to figure out is my relationship to the South and where we're from. And that's like every other moment in the album. I, I love talking about that and writing about that.
1: You mentioned Chosen to Deserve there. That, um, that's a really great song that, in in the best possible way, paints an often unflattering portrait of yourself. You know, you're kind of really putting everything out there and saying, this is me, good and bad. How did it feel to be that unflinching in, in the writing with that song? Did it, did it feel exposing at the time?
2: I feel like the stories I tell in that song are less difficult to share than maybe say like songs about my past like sadness and depression and stuff because those are just actually stories i tell at parties about um my past like they're far enough away that they're kind of funny and i mostly just wanted to like log those memories in the history book of this band in my life but i guess the last verse of that song kind of gets into that feeling. That I was saying is actually more embarrassing about like not being able to drink anymore because of like uh, stuff coming up that I don't want to think about or um, like I think the first three verses are just like goofy, funny, like anecdotes, and then the fourth one is like, and this is the stuff that um, will affect me forever and um, kind of traumatic. And then, huh? I think that stuff's harder to share than like the funny stories. Oh,
1: When you say say that um, you're writing about your relationship with Jake, who's in in the band, people might know as MJ Lenderman outside of Wednesday's Music. When you're writing a song that's about a relationship or a person, but you're in the band with that person, at what point are you kind of presenting them with the the lyrics and the ideas? Is it when you're in the room with the rest of the band and it's kind of a very band dynamic or do you is it in a more personal kind of i'm thinking about this what do you think should we take it to the rest of the guys like how, is there a, a, a system that you've got in place for this kind of thing
2: that's such a good question i've never um even analyzed the dynamic of how that could work because I think me and Jake at the end of the day both know we are both trying to just write good songs and I think our relationship we just know that that's on the table to write a good song and I don't think a lot of the times like I'll just yeah bring it to band practice and if you're doing like a PA in your like living room situation like we do a lot of the times we can't even like hear the lyrics until we hear the recorded version so I think it can be a surprise um I think it's, I mean, there's songs that he's written about our relationship for MJ Linderman too. And I'm always just like, it's a good song. It's one of the like foundational things to write a good song about. So I don't think either of us have much, many qualms. So far that hasn't been an issue, but (laughs) I'll, I'll have to ask him that. That's a really good question.
1: I wanted to talk about your lyrics. Specifically, we're talking a lot about what the subjects you're writing about, but I want to talk a bit about the way you write about these things. The song Bath County, which is another kind of real highlight on the album, you describe uh, the colour of Fanta as piss-coloured bright yellow Fanta, which is just the most kind of lurid, uh, evocative image. I I was wondering if you, in general, have a kind of um, a fondness for the grotesque side of life. I feel like this album... Has a certain griminess to it that runs throughout the lyrics and the kind of uh, the whole aesthetic of the album in a lot of ways.
2: I feel like if you're describing the world accurately, that's kind of just how it comes out, honestly, especially where we live. Like there's always just this undertone of grime and darkness given all of the contradictions that are present in the South. This area we live is just something I'm always trying to describe to the best of my ability. And I think it does come out that way. I think I really have been inspired as well by like a lot of novelists that write that way about the South because they they just capture it in the way that is so accurate. Um, and I think lines like that are me trying my best to like emulate how accurate their depictions are like harry cruz is the first person that came to mind um he's from florida but he just writes these just very tonally accurate depictions of this place we're in but yeah i just kind of call it how i see it i saw a kid drinking fanta and i said that looks like pee and wrote it down in my phone or whatever that's kind of how a lot of my writing ends up happening that was in bath county at like a high school football game. That's not something I like set out to do. But I think yeah, like I'm saying, like if you're writing about the South accurately, that's just how it's gonna work out. Kidding <laughs>
1: What is it that you most want to share with the world about the area that you're from? and what is there something particular that you want to say about it or spotlight that you feel hasn't really been said before?
2: Um, I think the main goal is just like communicating that the people that live here have stories worth telling widely like anywhere else. Because I think that's like the problem with... and and this is getting to like a much bigger issue, but people just feel really unseen here a lot. And I think it leads to all of our problems. There's like this deep loneliness and misunderstanding of a lot of the people here. And a lot of it ends up turning negative, but it's also just so dynamic when you do analyze it. Like it's so, I don't know. Yeah, like you could just spend your whole life trying to describe the people here. Yeah, and I think just like the other thing I want to communicate with this album is how good country music is um to people who might because I just my favorite compliment is like when people are like I do not fuck with country music but I love this music because I think the people that don't fuck with country music just don't have enough exposure to like some of I mean it's like the best lyricists of all time are in country music in my opinion like and some of the most talented instrumentation like the pedal steel inherently is just like (laughs) such an insane instrument like the fact that there's so many masters in country music of that insane instrument like I could go on forever but just like expose some people to country music and aspects of it that they might be able to enjoy even if it's not like a genre they grew up with or something but yeah probably the combination of those two things
1: the album is this like treasure trove of references and imagery and it, i feel like it's almost like you could um, use it to create a list of other things to go and check out and and listen to one of the things that it kind of the album turned me onto, which i wasn't aware of previously was Credi, the graphic novel by Linda Barry, which is referenced on the song Quarry. I wonder if you could tell me a bit about Credi and why her work resonates with you so deeply.
2: Yeah, I think that's like my arbiter when it comes to, like I, I referenced Harry Cruz earlier as someone who really captures like the griminess and the the reality of the South, but that novel because it's from a young girl's perspective and that's kind of where I was writing from was such another like thing that pointed me in the direction of where I wanted to go tonally with these songs. The illustrations as well are just like a perfect picture of the world I imagined when I wrote Quarry and her writing style is just so goofy, sad. It's similar to country music that's like my favorite thing to go for tonally ever and my favorite thing to hear and read so yeah that's just another perfect example of like a writer who encapsulates that grimy shit that i can't get enough of she was definitely like someone i kept coming back to when i was trying to imagine that place
1: do you write any other type of work would you be writing poems or even short stories graphic novels like what's kind of uh is there any other sidelines to your work
2: I think before I was writing songs, I wrote a lot of poems because I liked that kind of freeness of like the structure. I just felt like there's a lot of like endless possibilities with poetry. Ever since I kind of discovered songwriting, it's been my favorite medium to kind of work in because like you can write about a certain emotion with the lyrics. And then like the fact that you can add another level kind of like in a like make it 3D with instrumentation, just add that other level, just makes it so much more interesting. And writing a song has just become my favorite way to try to express anything. So it's really kind of the only writing I do anymore. When I'm trying to write for fun, I write letters now because it's like low pressure. But yeah, I've never tried anything else since I discovered songwriting just because it's the best
1: and you said with the observation about the Fanta earlier, it's something you saw and made a note in your phone, is that, is that kind of your primary way of, of recording things essentially at the, sort of the very start? Have you got like a very active notes app full of uh, ideas and observations?
2: I would say it's 50-50 between that and the other thing I like to do is like sit down in a public place like the mall or a coffee shop and write just like a full page of like lines like I just number them like one through 20 or however much it takes to fill up the page and I just go somewhere in my mind and kind of dump all of the imagery I can think of like I think Bull Believer is a song that was definitely something like that like I went to a New Year's party in my mind and I wrote down all of those details I could remember from that night, which have kind of gotten like a little flimsy because it was years and years ago at this point. But yeah, and then I just kind of hone it in further from that big page until it's a song and then put it to the music and it kind of becomes even more pared down from there. So yeah, I would say a combination of like Notes app and that process. It's like 50 50.
1: You mentioned Ball Believer there. Um, and you also said and talked about songs being three dimensional through. The instrumentation and, and the kind of um delivery of them as well—that's like, a song that really feels like it takes on a whole different life, obviously in the in the music as it, it does on the page. I was wondering what was it was you were kind of channeling there emotionally. It feels like kind of quite feral in a really exciting way. I think that song.
2: The New Year's party I'm describing was the last time I saw a friend who ended up passing away that year. So I think. The first, whatever, seven minutes of that song is me kind of like preparing to unload the emotion of losing that friend. And the first seven minutes is me just like describing the context of where I was in my life and that party that I remember so vividly now because it, like looking back, yeah, it was the last time I saw this person. Just one of those things where I was, yeah, like dumping all this image I have of this party on the page and, just doing my best to like put someone there in that song and also just that song was really kind of like a not selfish but it's more for me (laughs) because like performing it ever like is so therapeutic and writing it was really therapeutic so I'm glad people like it but yeah it was a very like self-indulgent like moment for me to just like really parse through all of that I'm glad it ended up being a song people like but yeah (laughs) a lot of stuff happening in that one
1: Songs can be therapeutic or cathartic to write. Does having to then go out on tour and play these songs and dredge up those emotions repeatedly, is that helpful or is it? can it feel harmful? I'm sure everyone has different takes on it, but you seem to suggest it was helping you. Is, is that the case?
2: I think most of the time, 90% of the time, it's therapeutic because The cool thing about a song is when I'm performing it, I can think about whatever I want to think about. I don't have to necessarily be thinking about that specific night when I'm singing. Tour can be really frustrating and exhausting. And so a lot of times the therapeutic element of playing that song is I think about just all of the really hard stuff or like difficult stuff we went through throughout the day or just annoying stuff or stuff that made me angry. And I channel that into the end of the song so I can still access that emotion without driving myself into a traumatic memory <laughs> um, but there's some times where the memory as it happened kind of invades whether I want it to or not and that's when it's not therapeutic and it's just really yeah like invasive on my brain and there's been a few times where I end up like crying on stage <laughs> against my will and people really feel that and they they've told me they appreciate it but for me it just feels like i'm totally like helpless against my emotions and it kind of sucks yeah i don't know it can be both i think if i'm able to like kind of compartmentalize it can be really therapeutic but if the real stuff i'm talking about is something i'm thinking about against my will it can be kind of not so fun
1: wednesday a very prolific band i think this is the fourth album in three years is that a natural thing that you're just writing a lot of songs being able to record and get this music out there, is it something you want to keep up as as the band presumably continue to grow and takes on new responsibilities? Is that something you even talk about? Maybe maybe it's not. I, I just wondered if, if you were kind of like prolific through accident or, or is a very intentional
2: thing. i guess i'm really prolific right now like the next wednesday album is already written as well i just write when i want to i'll never force myself to write so i guess i'm just going with it for now but i don't think it's not like a specific goal for me to put out an album every year we're just literally trying to like catch up to how much i'm i happen to be writing right now but yeah i'm not putting any pressure on myself to release it every like to a schedule or anything i just want to put these songs out before they get stale um and that happens to be right now like one a year which is feels good it feels good to play like fresh songs a lot uh we play a lot of our old songs still too not something i'm gonna force myself to do but i'm rolling with it for now
1: and like you said you want to keep up with the uh, recording that's going to become increasingly difficult as the tour offers come in and the the people want to see you it feels like the band's profile in general is growing is that something you're conscious of that you don't get too bogged down by the responsibilities of playing live
2: i think the goal eventually in the next couple years is to tour in a way that gives us a lot of time at home actually because we've been touring way more Like, we're touring our asses off right now, and we did last year, we will this year. Um, I think the goal is to tour more strategically in the future. Like, we want to play a lot of smaller towns and places out of the way, so we still want to do tours that go, like, not just to big cities, but I think we're going to... Start scheduling ourselves. So, like Zandy, our steel player has a farm. He's like building a farm. Like he can't be away all year. Jake's band also needs to have shows for his music to support his career. So, uh, it's definitely going to be about finding a balance. But I think the goal eventually is to be able to sustain ourselves financially, but also have like a ton of time at home. I definitely don't want to be out like more of the year than I'm home. We all know that's going to be how it is for at least this year. And a little while, but the goal is definitely to like have a life outside of touring and do that to live in a way that doesn't like stress us out.
1: (laughs) You said then that a thing you want to do is play smaller towns, places that aren't major cities that maybe don't get big tours or bands coming through all that often. Is that kind of informed by having grown up in perhaps similar places that aren't, you know, the first choice of everyone's schedule?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I had to drive to go to, like, indie rock shows, like, at least an hour, sometimes more. And those were life-changing shows when I was growing up. But, yeah, it's it's just always easier to, like, if you want to do music and you see a band you love come into your town, I mean, just... uh, The way that can like change the course of people's lives, seeing one indie rock show. I I don't want to like hype indie rock up like something more important than it is, but people that want to do music, like seeing someone on stage who is from where you're from is can be life changing. Like I want to do small towns everywhere, but more than any of that, I want to do tours in the Southeast. People are just always so stoked we're there. Those are just some of my favorite kind of shows to play. I want to do more of that.
1: Have you, as a musician, at any point in your life felt the need or even desire to move away, you know, maybe go to New York or try LA or wherever it might be, or maybe there's somewhere else a bit more local, but has that kind of feels a bit more central? Or have you always been defiantly kind of, no, I'm going to stay where I am and do what I want to do here?
2: When I was really young and had never been anywhere, I had like a really big like Paris phase and I had a big like New York City phase. Like I'm talking in like elementary school, middle school. And then I started touring and was very quickly like not my not my thing. I get so overwhelmed in big cities. I'm so happy to play there for one night. And and anytime I'm in a city that I really enjoy, I'm like, damn, maybe I could live here. And then the second I get home, I'm like, no, I live exactly where I want to be. Having a home base that I identify with so strongly is like one of my favorite parts of life so uh, yeah I have no desire to move to a bigger city and I haven't sit in like years since we since we started seeing other places.
1: Kind of to go back to the country music thing a little bit because obviously you have these references to other artists you talk about country music and the, the way it's kind of perhaps perceived by people who say they don't listen to it which you know in this day and age it's kind of it feels like maybe the only genre people will proudly dismiss out of hand like everyone's kind of very conscious of having a wide musical palette but would perhaps say but not country i I think perhaps that's maybe perceived because of the political connections and ties that run through the genre and are very much a part of that world in in nashville but obviously it's not the whole story by by any means i'm wondering if you could kind of tell me about some of the artists who you feel have like more progressive values that are more in line with you and your world that have shown you that different path into country music.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because there's a whole subgenre of country music that is almost like punk in a way, like in those exact ways that you're describing, like outlaw country music is kind of anti-establishment. And it's changed over the years, but like... It started out as like a way of being anti all of those tropes. And I think DBT, Drive by Truckers is a modern version of a band that's really outspoken about a lot of those political issues. To me, it has so much more weight from a band that is in the thick of it. But yeah, any of those outlaw, like if you aren't exposed to outlaw country and want to find more music like that, like obviously like Lucinda Williams is a perfect example of someone who is in that genre and it's just it's interesting like just how many different layers there's just as many layers to country music as there is rock music so yeah there is like it, it's it has its own like punks and outlaws um within the genre if you just like take two seconds to look <laughs> um is what i would urge anyone who says they don't fuck with country music um to do i feel like vic chestnut is another person But yeah, they're everywhere if you look, Uh, just people who are really going against the, I mean, even the the freaking Dixie Chicks, that's pop music. They were outspoken about politics. It's just like the assumption that people making the country music are a certain way politically is just a lack of creativity on a listener's part, I think. (laughs)
0: That was Wednesday's Carly Hartzman talking to the Fader's David Renshaw. Wednesday's new album, Rats or God, drops this Friday, April 7, via Dead Oceans. The Fader interview is engineered by Tony Giambroni. The executive producer is Alex Robert Ross and the associate producer is Raphael Helfand. We'd like to thank Lauten Audio for providing our microphones. You can find them online at lautenaudio.com. And we'd like to thank James Ivey for providing our intro music. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate if you left a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to keep an eye on thefader.com for essential music news, interviews, and essays. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Fader Interview. Goodbye until then.